This is episode number 656 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, wherever you are, from wherever you are, no matter which country you're in, no matter what you're doing, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to our show. Shout out to Rob Jones and the Start to Run program. Give him a shout, RJ at innerfight.com if you're thinking about starting to run. And if you're not thinking about starting to run, you may well be thinking about starting to run by the end of this show or you may have gone totally the other way. But if you are a beginner or you just want to get into running, please give Rob a shout. Start to Run program is very affordable and can be done anywhere in the world. Today, I have with me Rob Jones himself. Also have Rob Foster and Tom Walker, the three guys that recently I did a challenge here in Dubai with, the 50-50-50 challenge, which we've been doing for a few years as we speak about on the show. But this year, we decided to do it into the daylight. Starting at 4.24, we cycled 50K, ran 50K, and then cycled 50K. If you have more time, hop over to my website, mjdsmith.com, and you can follow my full write-up. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you want to get it done a bit quicker, this show's about an hour. We chatted over as four guys that went out and had some fun this day, and hopefully, maybe inspires you guys, maybe teaches you something. We had a lot of fun recording it. We had a lot of fun doing it, and we hope you enjoy it. Here's the show. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast on my first left. Tom Walker, welcome. Hello. Good of you to join. Robert Jones. Hello. These are the four that I was speaking about in the intro. Robert Foster. Hello. I think what actually would be uh, the smartest thing to do to kick this off is to give yourselves a proper introduction as to who the hell you are and what actually you do and why you sat around this table. <laughs> also might give you a little bit of PR and help you get a few more clients. So maybe you start, Tom. Uh, head cleaner for <laughs> <laughs> janitor services in charge <laughs> no i'm the head coach at inner fight endurance and i coach uh, many triathletes and some runners and then make sure that these other guys coaches are heading in the right direction not killing themselves or other people mate a little bit of a background on your endurance maybe top three things in your endurance life that you have done achieved or want to let everyone think that you're famous for. I've caught you off guard. <laughs> His eyes are going around like this. Just to, because I think what's important here is that we have a little bit of context about what's going on. Yeah, uh, okay. I am pretty proud of the first real ultra that I did was a three-day uh, off-road marathon each day, running from north to south Cornwall. That took, obviously, three days. Yeah. Um, I then am probably... My second Everest attempt this year was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, went hard at that one and it paid off and that was good. And then I, okay, last year I won my age group in Bahrain, 70.3. So pretty, mate, uh, that's quite interesting as well. Three different events across quite three different disciplines as well. Yeah. One a full run, one a full ride, and then one triathlon. Yeah. Multi-purpose cleaning. Multi-purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Robert, background? Background. You're not getting the three. I'm going to think of something. I, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of my answers to those three as well. Uh, background for me, endurance sport-wise was swimming and then transitioned to running a little bit at university and then more so when I came to Dubai. And now I love running as far as I can. <laughs> not necessarily on the road, but I like running trails, desert, 
sand dunes anywhere that's off. Two worst races you've done and oh, why? Come on. <laughs> Two I worst man. races. Oh yeah, Iron Man. I did it. I quite enjoyed that. That did did go quite badly. For, no, it's nice. Uh, two worst races. Double Jace on Thursday. <laughs> okay, UTMB Oman last year where I fucked up my nutrition, had to pull out at 130 kilometers. Um, second worst race would be... don't know. I've only had one really bad one. We'll move on. Robert Foster, Hello. <laughs> give us some background. Um, I am an endurance coach here in a fight. I train cyclists and runners. I come from a running background from the northeast ran pretty much up until university took some time off of university and then came into cycling which i now do continuously why don't you sell yourself a little bit more aggressively when you say running background from the northeast there's quite a strong link to the northeast isn't there hi <laughs> <laughs> i'd be constantly walking around saying yeah like brendan foster's my uncle what do you want me to do like <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Brendan Foster is my <laughs> uncle. Uh, my oh, family have drop. a good running background. <laughs> Wank out. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, the so connection. So got some heritage. Absolutely, mate. I think if you haven't heard that show with Rob's uncle, you should definitely go and check it out. We had that a couple of months ago. I'm just trying to figure out which number it was. 642 where we call it the mindset of a legend with Rob's uncle, Brennan Foster. Mate, one race that you wish you could do. I wish I could You do. could do any race in the world. He definitely got the easy question. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a uh, race I wish I could do would be the Giro, Giro d'Italia. Really? Oh. Yeah. Race in the Giro. Race in the Giro. What's uh, so special about the Giro? I think it's the the area that it's in. Obviously, Italy's an incredible place for cycling, yeah. And the history and the prestige it's got. Obviously, you've got the tour, which is next level, yeah. But the I've gone and watched the Giro, and it's just fa uh, just next. The the atmosphere is just amazing. The racing is so much more pure. Wow, there we go. Giro, will it happen this year? Yeah, it will. Yeah, it's happening later on in the year. When? They basically got all three Grand Tours yeah. in the... When, it's, when is it supposed to happen, though? Because it would have happened by now, obviously. Yeah, they've got the, the tour coming up in a couple of... In about six weeks or something. Yeah. Less, isn't it? September, yeah. yeah. So it must be within six weeks. It's before or after. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. But it basically, they've got all three Grand Tours sandwiched into like two months. It's going to be absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the mission to win all three is still on for Bernal. Oh, no, he cracked yesterday. <laughs> Did he? So bad. Did he? I didn't yeah. see that. Rodlich looks in mean, mean form. Rodlich, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, there we go. What an interesting bunch gathered around the table. And we're obviously here to talk about our recent challenge, the 50-50-50 challenge, which, Robert, I think, if I'm not wrong, it was 2017, we're driving to Jebel Hafid mm -hmm. to do a challenge into the darkness. And we came up with this idea. Talk us through maybe the conversation that, as you, you remember it. Were you doing ultra cycling then? Is that what you were training for? You uh, were training for something because you were on your bike for the whole session. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Yes, I was training for ultra cycling. Correct. Correct. That's when I'd sort of just started training in May of 2017 after the CrossFit Open. Yeah. Um, and we're on the way down there, weren't we? 
Yes, because you wanted to do a long through the night cycle to prepare for that, and I wanted to cycle and run to yes. get ready for the Ironman that summer. Correct. And so I, you thought it'd be a good idea to cycle because it was hot from yeah. sunset to sunrise, in as many as a set, in many ascents as possible. Correct. So that's where that one came from, and we were having a conversation on the way down there, weren't we? What we could maybe do next year to make course, it harder, to make it a little bit more challenging <laughs> and harder. I think it was actually you that came up with the idea. I don't remember exactly. I'll take that. Though. I know exactly where it. we were. Where? We were, we were literally about 3K out from Jebel Hafid. And if you go on that particular way, you pass a gas station. And then you get to a roundabout and you turn left and you go into Jebel Hafid. That's where we finalized the, the concept. Ah, okay. Claim it, mate. What's wrong yes, with you? I'll have it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that was it, basically. 50, and, and that was the question, wasn't it? Can we do 50 kilometers ride, 50 kilometers run, 50 yes. kilometers ride in those hours of darkness? That was it. It was the question was, could we start at sunset, official sunset, and yeah. finish before the sun rose? A year later, that was a plan. Mm. And that year, Tom, coincided with when, well, you made it coincide with when you started move to Dubai. Talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, we needed to find me a start date, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. And I just finished my uni degree, but I was so ready to be out of London. And you were like, maybe you want to go travel. And I was like, hmm, don't think so. And then you were like, I was like, what date is the 50-50-50? And yeah. you said, I think it was June the 12th. Yeah. And so I arrived June the 10th, I believe. Yeah, on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. So, mate, going into it that year, what was in, obviously, come straight from the UK, it was the 20, I think that year was actually on the 20, no, one year it's been on, or was it last year was on the 22nd, which is almost, like, is that the longest day? I don't know. I'm anyway. Sure. Last year was 6th, 6th of June. The year I did it, the first year I did it was the 12th or something like that. Anyway, what long day or short night, yeah. hot Coming out of the UK, what's on your mind? Given the events that you've just told us you've done. Yeah, and I, the weekend before, I'd raced Staffordshire 70.3. So I had no ultra fitness, but I had fitness. So I just knew that I needed to just keep moving. I think that's such a key with this event. As long as, long as you keep moving, you're good. Yeah. But I was also new. I think I had quite a bit to prove. Yeah. So I just was like, I'm going to stick on your wheel on the bike and I'm going to stick with you <laughs> on the run. And <laughs> Is that what Foster did this year? <laughs> that's all I had to do. <laughs> yeah. And, mate, I, I mean, literally, if you think about, I, I think now is too long past in reflection. What were your thoughts like in the media aftermath and, and the day after the event? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, like, this is obviously a pretty special bunch of people to be working and training with because it wasn't just us doing it. There was about 12 to 15 other people that year, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. there's quite a few, yeah. Uh, it was the first time I met this guy, Rob Jones. I was going to yeah. say, first encounter with uh, this guy. Yeah, I, think I wasn't employed then, but we just sat and had a chat for a while, didn't we? Yeah, we, we actually rode, I think, the bike yeah together a lot and obviously you were telling me about iron man you wouldn't shut up you were getting a tattoo about it stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> never got that yeah and uh pending it, it just set the tone for me uh of what inner fight endurance is all about and it was the best first week i could have i could have pictured robert 
Mm. That was the first time you met this guy. Yeah. Talk us through, obviously we spoke about it in the car and when we've spoken about something like that a year earlier, it's obvious that it's going to happen. What was your sort of thoughts, A, about this guy? <laughs> obviously, <laughs> that's important. And, and, and the event itself. So it's, it's one of those things, when, when you started it, you just thought, oh, not really, no, nobody's really going to want to do this. We'll just keep doing it every year and it'll be fun. But just seeing it progress and grow and the amount of people we had that second year turn yeah. up to s- at the first cycle. Yeah, that was, was like quite 20 people well. on the first cycle. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then we went and did the run. Not many people did the run, to be fair. Um, but then the amount of people that hung around to help for the second cycle in yeah. the middle of the night yeah. just really sort of instilled the community vibe. Fosters, you must have seen this was going on from afar, sat in New Zealand, relatively relaxed. <laughs> just relaxed, yeah. <laughs> any, any thoughts on, on, obviously, before you hopped into, into the role, mate, and into the community on you know, events like that or that particular event? Because yeah. it's not very, what would we say, traditional. <laughs> I think I quite like that about it, to be honest. Um, it seemed a bit crackers. There seemed to be a lot of people there from viewing from afar. Yeah. It just looked like you always take something and then just twist it and add a new element to it. So it, was, it was seemed really cool. Yeah. And seeing Tom do it and put on his Instagram, because obviously I was following him. Yeah. I was just like, wish. <laughs> That's the, that's the voice. Could do, do, could you see so- yourself doing something like that, mate? To be honest with you, uh, it it tickled me, yeah. but probably not. Yeah. I would never look at something like that and think I would like to give it a crack, but I would never, I would never consider it unless it was thrown in my face. Talk us through the first year, you guys meet expectation. What was the expectation? Few thoughts on the first time we did it, because I mean, basically. We, I mean, Hurls was there, mm. um, and to be fair, he was probably MVP. He finished the whole thing, just cracked on on his own, and I think he was, who else finished the whole thing in that first year? I don't think there was anyone. Ooh. I think there was just the four of us. Yeah. yeah. So maybe some thoughts on, 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 on you. Did on Zoe do one. it? No, that, that was, was year two. Ah, yeah. right, right, right. So maybe some thoughts on, on year one? Well, for me, it was very dark, and I had no idea where I was <laughs> or what to expect. Yeah. It was my first actual time of being at Al-Qudra. So those what who a know... Start. <laughs> those who know Al-Qudra know what the track looks like. Yeah. You're in a desert. You don't realize quite how remote you are. And I really didn't realize how remote... I was. So I was just running in, or cycling and running in pitch black. Talk to us a little bit about that, mate, because I think that needs some context as well. Well, pitch, The pitch black part. <laughs> yeah. I th- actually think, having done it now in the day and in the night, the dark helps. Why? You can get into that zone a little bit easier, I think. You've got less distractions, less of other things to focus on. So you just... It's just amazing to be out there. Like, I don't... I have not... When was the last time I was there in the dark? When Rix and Miranda did their triathlon was probably the last time. But yeah. you have got no light pollution. It's really quiet, like eerily quiet. Yeah. And the sky is just like cinema effect of stars. So I think it's a really special place to be. You're in the desert, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the middle of nowhere as well. Yeah. And you don't see a living soul no. unless, unless they're with you. Yeah, no, because there's not even that. a road running parallel to most of the track. There's only like probably what 40 
not even a 30k stretch of road yeah. where there's other you can even see other cars yeah because the the way the top and the side come down you are you're just out on a loop in the desert surrounded by sand dunes very unique yeah rob first year were you surprised at how easy it was at how easy you completed it or what was the story no <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard it is yeah. i mean it is hard it was yeah. a hard event um thing that got me it's always the last that when you come down the end of the second hill and you've got that final 20 kilometer straight road it's, it's that actually 17 mate 17 <laughs> Just point so five. yeah but by about 0.5 and then we did a couple of loops of the car park didn't we yeah yeah thing is it's the same loop every year but somehow the distances are a bit off so no you might end up it was different that year that was the old alcudra track yeah there yeah, wasn't the, didn't the have the Jurassic option. They've the extended it yeah. to make it 50k. Yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's always just that last stretch that gets me every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Let's In go to yeah. year two, which was 2019. 2019. So we did it 2018, 2019. Now that it's been done once, as you one of you just said, it's got a lot more interest, a lot more support. There was like 50 people at the start. Did you guys have different expectations on yourselves starting then? Yes, to be faster. Right. Tom? Same, yeah. Same. I mean, it was still at, the, at night, it was still at sunset. Yeah, still exactly the same yeah. time. What happened? I was 17 minutes faster. Wow. Very impressive. Tom? Mm, I pulled out a 30k of the run. <laughs> so <laughs> you're actually faster to that point. I was well ahead of schedule, yeah. but was not in a state to have been the pace I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I, I had a similar issue that I pulled out at, I think, 18K because I, I actually, I don't know what, if I went too fast on the bike or I think it was some other reason, but I also had the same sort of feeling like, okay, we did it last year, did it in eight hours. It was like 7.54 or something like that, I think the total clock time. Mm. and now I can try and do it a bit faster. And the, m the main place that I identify would get faster is obviously on the bike. Because mm. I think if you push too hard on the run, then... Because you did it a different day from I did us. it a different day, You yeah. did it later, didn't you? Because mm. I was driving the support Alone. car. <laughs> it was great. You but were sick. Your yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, um, your cycle, remember, it, m it was super hot, and well, more yeah. hot and humid than usual, and yeah. yet he topped up the water bottles yes, on the bikes, on the didn't bike. you, halfway round, yeah. which hadn't happened before. Which would, had never happened, yeah. Let's fast forward to this year. So that's a little bit of background about, about the event. This year, obviously, with, with COVID, we couldn't do it on that day in June or somewhere around June. Ah, I know which one was June the 22nd. That was Jebel Hafeet. That was the shortest day of the year. So that was... 2017 when we did the cycle but it would have been done and it was an event actually that had gathered more momentum from our community and people wanted us to do it this year but obviously due to covid it's not really very professional to have large gatherings it's actually forbidden and we didn't want to do that however i think it came around a conversation mate that we were having where we're like and and there was a there was the curfews in place. That's why we didn't do That's it. That's why it started because there was a curfew in place, and we can't have night events or events anyway. Yeah. And that's when you and I said, "Well, if it's if there's still a curfew, let's do it into the daylight, into the day." 
And then we very quickly realized that that probably wouldn't be safe for a number of people because people still get in trouble. And us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and that's when we sort of, initially it was just us two talking, wasn't it? And we just said, we'll do it. And I said to you, when will you be ready? You said two months. You said August. Yeah. I and I literally just went to the calendar last or first weekend of August would have been last weekend. And it wasn't, it was, I took it the f on the weekend before, which was the 29th, 29th or 30th we did it? Mm. 31st. Was it the 31st? 31st. So, mate, what I want to ask you is, thoughts when we first sort of agreed to, to, to doing it, now has the event changed? Is there different dynamics? Is there more pressure? Where was your head at? Uh, my, I needed it, for sure, with obviously my race season being cancelled. I wanted something to focus on and chatted with my coach and she was happy with it. We were said we wouldn't train we wouldn't train specifically for it, but it was a yeah. good thing to go and do. I think the element of the into the day was a nice twist. Um <laughs> was a bit <laughs> twisted. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I think it was it helped me take it a lot, little bit more seriously. And Why? also well, I just think through the night I don't know. I wouldn't have been as worried about it. But in the day, I knew it was going to be really, really tough. Yeah. And also, I think we have a point as coaches to prove that, like, everyone dreads summer here. Mm. But it's like, you're here, you have to be here. Like, let's make a point of showing what you can actually do during the middle of summer yeah. in Dubai. Yeah. You were keen, obviously, um, and, and I knew you would be. And so once it was set in stone, it was like, it was just a nice target to have. And then and obviously last year, the way it went for me wasn't good. Yeah. And so it was a chance for me to just put those skeletons, you know, away and not have to, to deal with them anymore. Yeah. Because uh, I've done it and it was going to be harder than when I failed it. So yeah. therefore it's like a step forward for me. Yeah. That was, I think I felt a little bit like that as well. I was like, I failed it last year. I know I can finish it. I fell it last year. Now we've made it harder. Now it's more of a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Foster's, you're a bit of a late addition <laughs> to the... Uh, <laughs> to the party. To Two the party. days before. I've got mean, the messages from the night before to prove it. It was... Yeah, um, yeah I, I guess it was a little bit of an interesting one because obviously we wanted to invite everyone... Uh, this guy was in the UK we'll talk about that in a second but mate when sort of Tom first put it out there you didn't jump straight at it any reason why or some thoughts on that slow burner uh, <laughs> in my the head were, I'll be fried like a bean yeah <laughs> that was the main the main issue no I, I think when I first heard it it obviously sounded like something incredible and as we've just you guys have just been saying that the summer and COVID has meant a lot of things being cancelled, so there's been not a lot to aim for. I yeah. feel that during COVID, I actually increased my fitness and feel I got v like a lot stronger, and I felt confident in my form. Yeah. So that meant that I, I felt I could do it, and then would I want to do it? Would I want to put myself in that position to go into the, the, the pain locker, or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and then I spoke to Rob about it on the bike, like, couple of days before and I was like I think I want to do it I've told Tom and Marcus I, I think I want to do it and, Tom, and Rob was like yeah just do it what's the worst that can happen like <laughs> you don't finish and I was yeah. like yeah that's totally fair yeah I, and then then it became a, a situation of just prep yeah and then execute 
Were you nervous, mate? When I first woke up, yeah, I was. I thought, fuck, like, yeah, what have I got myself into here? That then I just thought about what, why I was doing it, and what I'd done to prepare for it, and that I actually can do it. And then looked at it like from a bit more like, like an objective head, yeah. And I thought, now nah, you'll be right, yeah. And yeah. then after after that initial like wake up feeling like what have I done? Yeah, I was absolutely fine. Roberto, yes, you were in the UK. Yes, H- had we told you that we were going to do it? Yeah, just because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my confirmed come back date. That's yet, right. So yeah, was waiting so for talk that. us through it, mate. So I I basically came back in a two weeks, two full weeks to prepare. Yeah. Um. So for me, it was I knew obviously I knew I could do the distance. I'd run just short, uh, just run 150k in the UK. Um. Because, again, I didn't know if this was going to be on, so I wanted to set my own challenge. So I tried to run as far as I could from sunrise to sunset in the and UK. And you ran 150k? 150k. Oh. Just How past sunset. How many fences? 427, <laughs> something like that. Quite check check training peaks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't want to not do this because because it's in a day, yeah. it's a new challenge. And I had, two, well, like I say, two weeks of trying to climatize. Um, which in hindsight probably wasn't quite enough for the run into the cycle, but I got it done. Talk, so us, quite happy. talk us through that a little bit, mate. Mm. Like you, you obviously you're in the UK for three months. Yeah. Us three have been here. So a little bit more acclimatized, you could say. What, how did you feel sort of coming over? You've got two weeks. Did you feel pressure in those two weeks to acclimatize fast or what's the story so i just made sure that every single one of my runs was outdoors i just on top of my hydration for those two weeks trying to run more on field but monitoring what my heart rate was doing on those runs and it was through the roof for every single session and it started to taper off slightly towards the end of the two weeks yeah um so i was i must say i was a little bit nervous about the run section but knew that worst case you guys would shoot off, I could finish. Just it'd take me longer. Good mindset. Tom, did you change your training? Not a thing. Why? Uh, training peaks didn't change. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit stupid, really, because you're in, you're in the hot country, you're going into the hot. Like, why wouldn't you change certain things to be ready for that environment? I think for me, I know your no coach is in America. And she doesn't understand the <laughs> temperature here. We've all witnessed that, but yeah, like why isn't why wasn't there some changes, mate? It's no secret what my goal is to yeah. go to go to Kona, which means you know doing a fast Ironman. Yeah, it'll be the first one I do in South Africa next year. Not my first Ironman, but the first crack at it. Yeah, and so this year is really important for me to just keep training as a triathlete. Right. If we'd changed the training too much, you obviously would have nexted the swim. Yeah. And there'd have been a lot more run miles, which beats me up a lot. Yeah. Like I get pretty sore from running. So it was just basically, it was going to come down to, you've got fitness because I've got Ironman fitness yeah. in me. It's yeah. just, are you durable enough to run? And that meant just starting off at a slow pace. But why wouldn't you get exposure to the heat? I was getting it. I was right. doing five-hour rides. So you were doing some specific... Tra- you actually are doing quite a lot of specific training. Yeah, to Kona. Like, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. similar, right? Similar, very yeah. similar. So right. it suited me well. I felt completely acclimatized to the right. heat. I was ready. Yeah. Rob, talk us through it. 4.10, we arrive at Al-Qudra Zads. 
Um, mate, we started a little bit early, 4.24, I think. Yeah, we got off to a good start. Talk us through the first bike. So you guys set off like an absolute train, and I knew exact- <coughs> I knew <coughs> that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we had Nick at the front pulling super hard. He turned up just to help us out, which is incredible. And then we had Tom Walker and Marcus Smith mm. absolutely punching in the front. And I thought, this is going to end me. Because <laughs> these guys have a lot more power than me generally, so I sat, I sat and I did what Tom Walker did in the first time, and I sat because I knew the run was the thing that was going to bring me down the most. Yeah. Uh, not because of fitness-wise, because I had that, not because of endurance, but because of like biomechanical reasons. Yeah. So alterations and gait and stuff. But the bike was just riding off into the the dark, where you have just us, and there's this eerie sound of just nothing, right? Yeah. And it's it's quite cool. It was quite like it wasn't super hot. And so you're just sitting there thinking it's actually started. And you're thinking, how is this started? Are we going? <laughs> Are we actually doing this? Yeah, yeah, we are. And you just have to keep thinking, okay, now it's time to go into race mode. Yeah. You've got to be eating, you've got to be drinking, you've got to be watching the wheel in front of you because you can't really see that much. Yeah. You've got the camera car on the left-hand side whizzing up and down now and again. Yeah. And all the while, you're just thinking, I've got so far to go. Let's just keep, keep the powder dry or any powder at all. <laughs> how do you... <laughs> It's interesting what you said there, mate. I like that. You're like, I've got to get into race mode. But essentially what it was was just four blokes who are mates who train together the whole time. We sit together. We work together just going out for a ride. How do you change? Because I think this is something that might resonate with a lot of people at the moment. Now events are cancelled. They want to maybe dial into race mode or they've got these challenges. And normally I think that race mode is engaged by you know, they're, they're dreaming of going across the finish line and getting a medal, which is a piece of shit anyway, or their family are there and all this kind of stuff. But so how did you flick that switch into race mode without that? We're just four lads going for a ride. I think I've thought about why I was doing it and what I want to get from it. Yeah. And if there's no external goal, so there's no medal at the end, there's no finish place. Well, there's that's obviously a finish place, but it was wanting to achieve and smash it and then from there if you set that goal for me it was wanting to compete and wanting to push myself and i think that was my race mode it nice. was it was just a real a real a singular focus yeah of want to compete and then not really caring about you guys too much about <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing and, and just sticking to it nice and you switch everything else off just yeah white noise Rob, you not had a bike in the UK. No. How was the first lap of the bike <laughs> for you? So three months off a bike, and yeah. we have well, a thirty-eight <laughs> or thirty-seven point nine well, k's an hour for the first loop. Also, something I had to try and acclimatise back into as well <laughs> in my two weeks prep for this. Now, do you know what? It's it's one of those things. Like you say, it's four guys. Ultimately, you're just going out, going for a ride, then a run, then a ride, but. It's not really like that because if, <laughs> if, if we were just to do that, we could have finished a lot slower than we did. But when you set off at an aggressive <laughs> cycling pace in the first lap, we're all just too competitive, really, aren't we? Um, so I for was me, just out for a ride yeah, on a Friday. I thought it was very reasonable. The <laughs> first <laughs> ride, I, Tempo my, work. <laughs> my plan was just to try and steal as many free watts as humanly possible. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he says that. He says that. But I remember at a point after it was the second. Oh, hill. you got more than he did. <laughs> the, 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 the second hill, and he goes to the front, and he just starts hitting it, and you two let him go, and Tom, I just hear Tom say, "Let him burn the matches." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're laughing. That's very true. <laughs> but mate, you felt. I mean, you must. Yeah. There must be this thing, and that's kind of where I wanted to take that. Is there must be, no matter how you strong you are in the mind, is mm. there something going? I, I'm riding with these guys. They've been riding all through summer. I've not been on my bike for three months. Today's a big day. How do you deal with that? Yeah. To me, though, I only split it. I split it up into three. I know I can ride 50k. So yeah. worst case, I can ride 50k. Have a stop. I know I can run 50k and I know yeah. I can ride again. Well, <laughs> not this day, but <laughs> I know I could ride 50k in theory yeah. again. So I just spit up into three blocks. Right. Um, and then once it's broken down into those blocks, it's much more manageable. Is there a point on the bike where, like, did you have a plan in place where, okay, if I hit certain ceiling, then I'll let these guys go? Or of heart rate or of power or of feeling or... How would that work? I had my heart rate strap on for the ride. Yeah. And then I chucked it halfway through the run. But for the first ride, I was just going to, if I had to, sit back as far as I could in our mini peloton. Yeah. But just, I figured I can can always come back a little bit in the run, as long as I'm not too smoked. Went better than last year. It went better than last year. Um, Last year, you... you I got (laughs) dropped last year. Yeah, but Walker assembled a super team. Well, not really, because it had Shepard and Wolfie in it, so you <laughs> could hardly call it a super team. But uh, a few uh, stronger horses. It's no, but when Nick parred off in that first corner, I thought it's going to happen again. But this, at least last year, there was a second wave of riders that I could pick back up. Uh, this year, if I got dropped, it was game over, really. So yeah, yeah. my goal we was were to also stay two with up. everyone. We were two up this year, whereas last year yeah. we were one up. Yeah, and if you remember the first year, we were two up, and we all actually were rolling. Yeah. Tidy. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because I, when Nick sort of started and he just said to me, he said, let me know what you want me to do. I said, just sit with me. And of course, he's half a wheel ahead Standard. and pushing. Mm. And I was like, well, let's see how it goes. But well, it wasn't that bad the first ride. No, it was good. I felt okay. Yeah. You two look comfortable. Yeah. yeah we just I was actually through. trying to think if, the, like, afterwards, I was trying to think if what, how we rode the first ride maybe impacted what happened later on, but I, I actually don't think there would have been too much difference. Not for me anyway. Yeah. For my power meter didn't work, which was probably right. good. Yeah, I think mate, I think I I think I ended up with about two sixty five normalized power. Which yeah. we were working basically ten minutes each. Yeah. I think that's what it worked out at. So yeah. very straightforward. And then the sun's coming up. We all enter the transition at the same time. Mm. You are very fast, I remember that. Transition. Literally turn around and he's there. Camelback on. I've been practicing. Ready to go. Because <laughs> he can get the kit off. <laughs> yeah. It's baggy for him. <laughs> Obviously, his uh, soigneur f- was a lot better than mine, although Ben did a great job. I better be careful what yeah, I yeah. say. I know he listens to the show, but he didn't peel my lycra off. Maybe we'll go through that in rehearsals next year, but uh, we'll, leave, we'll park that one for the time being. The run starts, and we're all actually quite sort of jovial, fresh. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, I think what helped, what, what actually helped, and I've remembered it from the days that I've just run the track, you've got about an hour, an hour and a half on a morning where there's a lot of cyclists. Yeah. So there's actually quite a lot of, of strong energy. But then it's, it, I think it's basically 12 to 15K 
where you get past the sort of solar park. It's like the back. And that, I don't know, for me, that's the first change. I don't know, thoughts? Does it start to change or... No? For me, at 30K was the change. Right. Because that was my, like, where I pulled out last year. Yeah. And it was almost like a relief point, was if I can get to 30K and yeah. be comfortable, yeah. I'll finish. Right. So once I got to 30K... You're, did you still have in your mind that you might not finish? No. So why do you say if I get to 30K, I know I can finish? Because I was... The only reason I was nervous was for the amount of pain that I was willing to go through to finish. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so if I can be at 30K in no pain, yeah, life's good. Good. Rob, we, you dropped off about... 23, 24K, Is I think it was. There was a start. Yeah, that yeah. was when the gap was more than, I'd say, a minute. But that's also when it started getting a bit warmer, right? Yeah. Down the, 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 the Dubai Energy Lab, <laughs> as we <laughs> named it on that day. That's yeah. when, it, and, and it's it's long and straight, isn't it? Yes. I don't actually know the, the the distance of when you come down that hill to when the other hill starts. No, it's, it's probably only about eight k. Well, in my head, I was thinking I got dropped on that second hill last year. I remember you guys accelerating off, and I just didn't yeah. keep up. But this year, I got dropped a little bit before that second right. hill. Right. And I had my heart rate strap on. I was monitoring and monitoring, and just I kept looking at it, and it was going up and up and up. I think we were running like between 5.15, 5.30s. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And it was fine for up until then, and it just kept creeping up. So in the end, I took the heart rate strap off, just accepted that you guys were going to go. Yeah. I just went on how I felt. Yeah. And that worked out about a 6.15, 6.30 to be manageable. Yeah, in right. The heat. Five-minute intervals. For you, Rob, that's probably the first time you've done something like that. Like run 5K at 5.15, 5.30, very slow. The guy's got two, well, two seconds faster marathon than Walker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't bringing that up. <laughs> but, mate, how is, how is that whole sort of thing? Like we're running 5K hits. You were, I could see you were like, you were almost like a horse that was ready to, to go. How, how, did, <laughs> how did you feel for that first sort of 20, 30K? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I knew obviously I couldn't run fast or I would break myself and the heat later on would catch up. Yeah. So I just settled into a, a nice, it felt, it felt very breezy. I'm not going to lie to you. It felt yeah. very, like, very comfortable within myself. And Tom said something that I sort of kept saying to myself, which is it's all 10% harder than you think. Yeah. So I just kept thinking that and I thought just control your gait, control your form, relax as much as you can, keep fueling. Like that's all you can do. Control the controllables. Yeah. Um, but it was nice actually. It was a really nice day out. Uh, that, <laughs> that 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 fifty that fifty k. I, I was thinking. I was really nervous that my hips would go, my knee would go. Yeah. Uh, my ankles would start like tightening up, but I just kept my cadence high and sat in with you guys or around you and tried to get whatever chat I could out of you. Not much. Not much. Did you notice that later on it got less and less, and I thought <laughs> I don't want to be that like like a, a little child who goes. Can we go now? Can we go? But <laughs> should have come back and talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> this guy loves to talk all the time. Well, uh, yeah, the, the most difficult thing for me was, was holding back for sure. Yeah. Because all I wanted to do in that first 20 was just go. Do you think, in hindsight, mate, do you think you could have run faster and been okay? Yes. How much faster would you have run? A lot faster. I think I could have probably kept up sub fives quite happily. 
um, 4.30s, 4.45s, depending on the weather. But later on, it would become a much bigger issue because the ceiling. Yeah. Like, towards the end of the run, I was feeling the heat a lot more, like, obviously, as it gets hotter. Yeah. But it, it you could feel that ceiling coming down and down. So yeah. that, that top end was not there. Yeah. And it just became pure endurance, which is, yeah. which is fine. If I'd run faster, that heat would have had a less of an effect because of the time the timing so it would have like not got as hot yeah so that last um, sort of hour you'd have cut off almost an hour 40 yeah. minutes maybe yeah so you wouldn't have had that last 40 minutes of heat yeah but then that's unknowns right we yeah. don't we don't <laughs> well it is until uh what's the date first of uh, october, october where you can retest 100 <laughs> percent. Oh, we've got a commitment <laughs> we've got a signature <laughs> talk to us i think tom it, it was interesting because you guys Bottom of the hill, 30K, you sort of just took off from me as well. I was like, I'm not going to run any faster up this hill than I have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 30K was, a, was a, a changing point for me. Up to that point, I hadn't been thinking about my pace. Yeah. My watch was wrong also. <laughs> and things were just lining up so for me. Both Garmin and Sunto are not working. <laughs> uh, do you want to give him the contacts for Cassio? <laughs> Cassio. <laughs> I'll we'll have Polar next week. <laughs> you know, uh, last year I ran 4.30s up to 30K. Yeah. And I'd worked it out because I know what I can run a marathon in. I know what I run an Ironman marathon in. And so this is what I can run a 50K in. And yeah. It, it obviously went wrong. So I was happy not to have the data near yeah. me. And it was almost like, okay, your power meter is not working. Cool, I can forget that. And then watch was wrong. I can forget that. I wasn't wearing heart rate. I was just running. Yeah. But at 30K, um, I am competitive and i was like if i i was pretty sure in fact i said to you i would have bet a lot on foster's blowing up <laughs> and <laughs> told him that and i wanted to know what it was, that. how much the pool was because i looked at his training peaks and i was like he's done four not even four hours of running i think your average running time was like two hours a week since the beginning of march Casio doesn't pick up runs. <laughs> <laughs> and I spoke Yet. to you and I was like, mate, what have you been doing more than what you think? And you were like, oh yeah, I like run commute to track Tuesday. I was like, okay, so let's add in another hour, even that Max. three hours. So <laughs> I was like, okay, he's going to go at some point. So I'll, that, then I started to feel a bit competitive and I was like, and you went up up the hill. I was like, I know I can't stick with you up the hills, but what I can do is I can get into uh, my trans like feed zone, whatever. And, go on the move we'll talk about the speed bob later <laughs> and, uh, and the admin issues that it brings yeah and, and i always know with uh with fosters that if we just push a little bit of gas he'll he'll crack because he's not got that <laughs> that ceiling so i got into it's at the top of that hill the tactics here. <laughs> <laughs> i got to the top of the hill and i was like in and out it, I barely even stopped and then took off down the hill and I was like, okay, I'm now got my nose in front. Let's see what, what Skinny's got. And he just cruised straight past me <laughs> and, and cracked on, tried to speak and I wasn't in the mood for talking. And then we hit that bottom corner and then I started to think, okay, what's my pace? What am I doing? But it was clear like he was so far up the road and so comfortable that you know, I just had to then resort back to just keeping on going mode and I, I didn't know where you were um so oh, i was coming <laughs> yeah that started to i started to think ah like where is he and i remember looking right back once i think the first the worst thing you can do is look behind you but i did once yeah i saw it and <laughs> i was like ah oh, shit he's there as in like 
I could do with just not company, but I could just do with someone running uh, by my side yeah. right now, like comfortably, not like skinny who half wheels you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't do that on the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sneaky. Never seen my wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't know what his bike looked like yeah. until the other weekend. <laughs> so I think I had about 10K of, of race mode and then I started to feel the hurt come and, and I kicked it straight out again. I remembered why I was there and I was there to finish and, and crack on. But when you felt that you had probably less than 15K to go, so why didn't you push? I was doing what I could. Right. Yeah. I was literally going as hard as I could, but my stomach was in horrendous pain. Oh, I wanted to be sick. coming. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, you asked me how I was feeling and I was like, I just want to throw up. Like, yeah. I really wanted to just release this pressure I had um, and I hadn't pissed and I was just feeling like I was getting worse and worse. And then I, I can't remember when it was, but I tried to throw up and I couldn't. It was like I was just stuck with yeah. nutrition. And then I walked for a bit and I was like, my legs aren't bad. I can run. So I just ran and dealt with the crap that was going on in my stomach. It was interesting because before, I similar to think what you said there, Rob, I, mm. I'd kind of earmarked that last 15K as being quite crucial. And I remember saying to you at 20, the next three intervals are the most important and that would take us to and I, I don't know if it was I programmed it in my subconscious but I was like that these are the most important because th that's when it was getting hot yeah. yeah and yeah I remember I actually because I arrived at 35k just as you two were leaving yeah I remember that everything kind of yeah. happened in that 5k and to be honest I I was really hot and I spent a little bit too long there and then I realized I had to completely change my my sort of strategy and that's when I told Ben, I said, go to two and a half K and no more stopping. I said, just bring me stuff on, on the go. And I actually pretty much clawed you back by another 5K. It was basically at the mosque, wasn't it? You had yeah. a minute. Well, I had about a minute on you, yeah. Carlin said. And then yeah. before I knew it, um, you'd, you'd gone past. And I was confused because at the time <laughs> I didn't see you. Yeah. And then when I came out of my head from the cool box, <laughs> I looked up the road and I was like, there's two people running up the road. How's that work? Yeah. And then I knew you'd gone past. Yeah. But in a way, I actually think, because we are all mates, like yeah. I was pretty happy. Yeah, it was It was a tough one that as well, because I, I saw you going to the, I saw you were, your right shoulder was dropped and I was like, something's wrong. And then I saw you going to the car and I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to stop. And I didn't want to stop. And then I saw you with your head in the cool box, and I was like, I'm not going over there. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to see that. I don't know what's happening, but I don't want to see it. And then this guy, oh, are you ready? <laughs> oh, no, mate. <laughs> I picked the wrong person to catch up with. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a gummy bear? No, not really, mate. <laughs> we all made it safely and in one piece back to the transition, which was, I think by the time I caught you, was, I think it was at the 5K, or by the time you slowed down for me, was, that was probably, that's probably a better way to put it, was with 5K to go, and we basically yeah. ran the last 5K quite close, and then I think you came in maybe only about four minutes later, mate, which yeah. it, it's actually, f yeah, it was three or four, wasn't it? Because you came in at 4.59, and I think we came in at 4.55, because I think we were... I think we were within a minute on our time from 20, 2018 doing yeah. it in the night. Yeah. And Lycra back on, 
Unfortunately, Robert, you were still running. I was 15, 17 minutes behind you guys. But all good down that last straight? You just no. managed it? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I was in a world of pain. I just, you know, as much water as I was putting in, I, want, I, I kept stopping to try and pee. I'd squeeze and squeeze and nothing would come. So I was having turmoil there. But uh, yeah, so my I just changed my strategy. So I got Josh to stop every two and a half k, and I'd have a liter and a probably a liter and a half every two and a half k. Two and a half, yeah. I think that's what I was hydration. On the end. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah. wasn't doing it. it. Was straight in, straight out. That's so you were able to piss a lot. No, no, no. Straight. No, it's in straight. Sweating. Oh, ah, right. sweating. <laughs> not coming. Yeah, out, nothing right. coming out of there. Mm. So we set off on the bike, and I think this is probably one of the funniest moments. We were we obviously waiting two or three minutes for you it felt like forever but it was and the guys were talking and i think carlin said oh do you want us to come around and oh, yeah, be yeah. a support car and we're like no no no." he's like have you got enough water we're like yeah we've got two bottles each okay. if anything's bad we'll stop at the mosque which is like 40k or something <laughs> isn't it and I, I was actually quite cocky about it, but no one said anything. <laughs> Just remembered that. I was like, what, what were we thinking? No one said anything. No one said, oh, mate, maybe we should be like everyone. Because obviously Jack and Nick had shown up just to keep us company. And, yeah. and then we set off, didn't we? And that's when I upset Nick. <laughs> and I probably won't do that again. <laughs> well, we sort of rolled out at about 22 k's an hour, didn't we? And it was Very sort of a bit cruisy, jolly. Yeah. And I knew he'd come to ride. So I asked him if, uh, he's waiting for his grandma. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, 40, 41K just, just turned it. He literally just turned it on, right? Yeah. Mm. What were you guys thinking when that happened? Hold the wheel. <laughs> Tom? <laughs> I was just hoping someone else was going to crack before I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was on, uh, I was on Jack's wheel. And I looked around and I saw that was, there was a gap. I was like, no, something's happening here. Because I was holding on to the wheel thinking this is this can't continue. I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah, I was at the back. I was the last rider. And I was like, someone has to crack because this can't continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually, I think we got maybe half a K around the corner, which is only probably about 2K in or 3K into the ride. And yeah. I was like, I can't hold this guy's wheel anymore. And I didn't want to tell him to slow down because I just insulted him. And I pulled off and pushed Jack through and then I just saw your wheel and I held on to it mate maybe even less than 500 meters I think yeah and then it was probably sounded quite whimmering <laughs> but to put it into context it's 50 degrees celsius at this point now yeah I think yeah. that's what we didn't quite consider when we said when we decided <laughs> to ride yeah it was uh but that was yeah that was an interesting time because my my I don't know if it happened to you guys but my heart rate just went literally through the roof i i chose not to put my my heart strap on because i didn't want to see it but i could just feel it going and my eyes were starting almost they were like burning to be closed even though i had my sunnies on there and i was like shit and then i think nick came you guys carried on thanks <laughs> no i told you I told nick yeah. to come back and get me yeah i said you did the damage you go get him and he tried to <laughs> and then it was just I don't know. I think I didn't realize, but I think then we all realized that it was actually a little bit of a war that was going to happen and a little bit of survival, right? Yeah, it was the worst 18 minutes I've ever had on a bike. <laughs> I remember you saying that, yeah. 
<laughs> panic, right? It was, yeah. I think I actually had like a sense of panic of yeah. how are we going to survive this? Because it was just incredible. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to explain what it's like, but it, I put it down to it's like being in a sauna in a straight jacket and the door's locked. Yeah. So you can't even like kick it open. There's nothing <laughs> you can do <laughs> to, to get escape. out of the position you're in. Yeah. The faster you went, the warm well warm breeze not even that's an understatement yeah. the breeze was worse it made it worse yeah i then started panicking for this guy because i was like he's on his own <laughs> yeah. yeah to do this i didn't know how you were going to do it genuinely that yeah, knew the, you would the, but the first 25k no first 15k was without doubt the worst i've ever felt doing any endurance endeavor ever i don't i'm trying to figure out how you explain it because i think it's very difficult to because it wasn't, sometimes we try and explain to people pain, but it was something a little bit different. It wasn't sore. It was the most just feeling really awkward and uncomfortable and not being able to escape. Mm. <laughs> it was the not being able to escape part. Yeah. yeah li- there's no, yeah. I felt like I wanted to fall off the bike. Yeah. I couldn't get my heart rate up high enough to be able to push, and if I went slower, I just thought shit is going to take longer. And I was aware that Boz, Boz. thankfully, decided she would. She said, "Look, I'll come and I'll I'll try and lead for you as much as I can." Yeah. I said, <laughs> I she wanted sick tanning gains. Sick tanning gains. <laughs> yeah. Chasing the tan. Uh, um. Luckily, I said, "Look, we need to stop at 15 because I'm going to fall off the bike." And she said, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> I couldn't drink in that 15 ca- I couldn't drink any of my water because it was just too hot in the yeah, bottles that, yeah that was horrible wasn't it, it when cooked. you went for a refreshing drink couldn't put your hands on the <laughs> handlebars because they were too hot too hot yeah I um, think that's where it could have potentially been dangerous for us because we're all willing to push ourselves to yeah. a point of breaking yeah and it takes someone who has experience with the heat yeah to know when you're really in trouble and yeah. and when it is time to carry on and when it is time to just stop and cool down mm. We got a cool down at uh, at the tree. 10k in the cars pulled over, and I don't think I moved. I just literally stopped the bike in the middle of the track and got a lot of water <laughs> pour, yeah. poured on me. And and I think that was actually the next bit was actually one of the hardest bits from there to I think it was only about 6k. And I literally I saw that shelter coming up, and I don't know who I said it to, but. I, I said I think I need to get under that shelter. Yeah, I remember it. And Your calves were cramping. My Every time I pushed more than 200 watts, my calves just, I'd never felt anything like it on the bike before. They just started cramping. And But what was actually quite funny, because all I remember is sitting under that shelter and we were all just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like we're literally just <laughs> laughing and joking about the whole scenario. Which Colin. is... It's a, that's why it's a weird situation. Yeah. Colin <laughs> said you'd never know how much pain you were in <laughs> yeah. like for all of us. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think you have to be light hearted at those situations because what are we going to do? Like your calves are cramping. <laughs> yeah. What's nothing, nothing we can What do. are we going to do? Nothing, yeah. Yeah. It was very... Could have dropped him. <laughs> yeah, we could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would have actually been happy if you'd have picked me up on the way 20 minutes later. Maybe would have been up. We yeah. stopped there as well. Yeah. You could have waited for us. <laughs> but it was, I think it sort of goes to show because we were there, it would have been close to 10 minutes. I don't think it was much more, but I don't think it was much less. And literally cooling down, a little bit of electrolyte. And the next, 
actually the next, well, the rest of the ride, I had no cramp. Well, we had a tailwind then, which was nice. We had a tailwind, and, and God bless him, Nick hopped on the front, and this time sort of looked over his shoulder every, like, <laughs> 10 seconds. I thought he was going to crash looking over his shoulder, but he sort of took good care of us. And Did we talk about what happened to him? Or? I was going to say, and then <laughs> poor guy just literally ended his life for us, didn't he? Yeah, which is, twice. Which, to put this in... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to leave the morning one out. <laughs> but to put this in, in some real context, like we, he was probably only pushing into that wind. He was probably only having to push 230 watts because I was under 200 watts and I was, on his, I was third on his wheel. So if he's pushing 240, bearing in mind, and that was only 20 minutes between those two points, bearing in mind the week, before or was it the weekend before that? You were doing turns at the front. He'd done the whole of the extension, 15K at 340 watts. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, th- And this guy's fresh. He Okay, he's just come off some flights and we'd cracked him already in the morning. <laughs> 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 but it's like, and I think the reason why I'm sort of trying to create a picture for this is because it shows how fast the heat can just destroy you. Because yeah. literally we go to go up the hill and... I actually thought at the start when he dropped into the small chain ring that he was just messing around with us. I thought he was taking the piss out of me. Yeah. I thought he was just like showing me, oh yeah, this is like what, and I was like, and then he just, and I, I, I didn't believe it until you came, mate, and you said, mate, Nick's not in good shape. I think we should wait for him. Yeah. And that's when we started the 17K back. Yeah. Down the hill, I saw him drop back and I'll, I will always take opportunity to put some hurt on him (laughs) put so much on me and and it's how we work but i went to the front and somehow my legs were starting to come round. yeah and then i think i must have done about five minutes and then jack was behind me and i thought captain will come past any minute now because he'll want to be driving this bus (laughs) and then as i peeled off and went to the back i turned and he's you know he was back and it, it was literally night and day of how he was he was going one minute like he was good, full clip, fine, yeah. and then just blown up out the back. And it was insane. I, th- I said, the least we can do is wait for him. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. I, I pulled up the energy to look around. I was like, oh, my God. And he's like two or 300 meters back. And, and it was just complete heat stroke. And it was the same. His face, because he never wears glasses, mm. was exactly like I thought mine would have looked like of what I explained earlier. His eyes were just, he was just, it was almost like he was blinded. Yeah. But he's normally his eyes are normally fine, and he had his shirt all undone, and yeah, he's yeah, pretty, he, was, he was fully cooked. Mm. He was deep fried. <laughs> yeah. And so l- fortunately, we were what's that three two and a half three k to that next shelter, wasn't it? Yeah, we just pulled in at that shelter before the mosque. Got some wet towels on him and lots of water, lots of water, lots more jokes, lots more jokes. Yeah. And then it was almost like. I, I remember him saying at the previous shelter, he's like, it's just an hour from here. Mm. And th- I think that lifted us all up. Didn't it? And then we knew from that shelter, it was just like 10K or 11K. And it was still super, I guess it was jovial in a way. And then this guy just sits on the front. Yeah, he was so happy all day. Yeah, like it's first time. It was almost like <laughs> you're peaking, mate. <laughs> like... <laughs> But then, and, and, and that was for a few K. And then so I've just, I've, I've ridden probably almost five, 10,000 Ks with, with this guy. 
Jack. And, and he rode 5K on the front. I, what, I've what never, a job. I've, I've never experienced it in my life. I wanted it to go in the mailer as <laughs> extraordinary event. <laughs> extraordinary achievement. Like, he was also hot. His shirt was fully undone and he was pouring water. And He actually he really impressed me with his skills. He had two 1.5-litre bottles and he was filling bottles on the go. Epic. Down yeah. the back. And I was like, this guy. But, mate, like, I was just... So impressed that he pulled for 5k. I've never seen him do that much work. Well, he looked around and I thought, oh. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was about 4k to go when you, or just after, so about three and a half when you came to the front. Yeah, I didn't want another casualty. I was gutted. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Because I was thinking, because yeah. I actually started feeling a little bit better as well. <laughs> well you should have got on the front, man. No. <laughs> Well, he pulled us for 5K, and I was like, there's only three and a half left. I've pulled this guy for thousands of Ks. <laughs> he can finish this job off, and then you spoil the party. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get home quicker. I actually wanted him to crack with about 1K <laughs> to go and then just leave him. But yeah, I think, I think that was probably the most enjoyable 10K of the day, actually. Yeah, I agree. It was, uh, and, and he, still put, he still put a pace out. Rob, you were... You were having a similar, and, and this was <laughs> quite interesting because until the end we didn't realise that you were in a, exactly the same war and, and staying, stopping at exactly the same yep. rest houses. Yeah. Well, we, again, we didn't have a support car. We'd said, oh, we don't need a support car. We'll just get Ryan. Exactly the same scenario. 15K stopped, but we didn't have the support car then. Yeah. We just were in the shade. So wow. then we cooled down a bit. We set off again, and luckily... Carmen had called Josh to say, look, we need help. Can you yeah. come out and give us something? Wow. And in the interim, Ash had come past in the car with cold ice water and just dumped it all over our heads, cooled us down. And I went from probably 5% effectiveness up to 90, well, felt like 95%. And then the next few Ks were fantastic, felt really good. And then Boz cracked and we stopped again on that last stretch for a final dicing, if you like. Amazing. We all sort of ended up back in the car park. You were actually not that far after us at all. Mid-up on the cycle. Immediate, we've not got too long left, so I'll try and wrap things up, but Foster's immediate aftermath thoughts? Just bloody happy. (laughs) Really, really happy. (laughs) That it's all over. No, just really, just, I was just really happy. I was happy the whole day, but I was happiest. Like just knocking around the car park, it was such a good feeling. Just high. Yeah. It was just it was next level. Trying to make us eat gummy bears that had, they were in a bag. Full of water. <laughs> full of water <laughs> that had been in the esky for six hours. <laughs> sweaty like, towels it, in is there. Is it slimy? Yeah, it's slimy. Do you want one? No, mate. <laughs> Perfect Rico product. Tom, immediate thoughts in the car park? The last few Ks of the bike, I got incredibly proud of this guy, of yeah. uh, Foster's, because I thought he just owned the day from start to finish. And then I just had a sense of relief that it was done. <laughs> Rob? Yeah, I was, deli- I was delighted that all of us finished for a yeah. start, because that hasn't happened in a while. And then just, again, just like, Jesus, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> I, I'd expected it to be hard, but not as hard as it was. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite, it was quite a tough day out, <laughs> that's for sure. What about, 
in the in the following days from it, any reflections or any reactions that maybe you didn't expect like i don't know obviously it was it was hot on that bike but was there anything that you know is is new or a learning or anything some maybe some final thoughts anyone not for me no i think i think for me it was the appreciation of uh planning so even though it was a last minute entry yeah i still i think i did a really good job personally to plan and prepare myself for it and then the actual execution was it was just flawless yeah the support we had in the day was next level as well and just to see how things can go when they go right because you've made them right uh, i thought i thought just looking back and i was like that's that's how it's that's how it's done yeah and i thought that was really that was really fun yeah let's do it again let's do it again (laughs) rob yeah, same same thing really. Like the the next day, I didn't feel sore. Still a bit dehydrated, but partially. ultimately, yeah, partially. But I didn't feel sore. We spent obviously I had the fitness, the heat. We couldn't do anything about. But just I was just so appreciative of the guys that came out and were there all day. Yeah. On call, yeah. they were yeah they were incredible. Saved our lives basically. Literally, literally yeah, yeah, we couldn't have done it without them. I think you wrote that an article not too long ago about how people who just come out and help you without any sort of incentive apart from to help a friend. Mm. That's, I think that rings true for all those guys. Just huge. I was thinking a lot and I've been thinking a lot about whether you could go and run 50K after it. I don't know if that's possible. I wonder. 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. That's that's ultra. 2021. Yeah. It's interesting. So I was quite impressed by the time we did it. I, I actually thought that it would take a little bit longer than what it took because of the heat, but we were pretty quick. The whole thing was done in eight and a half hours, which... Considering the heat. Yeah, is interesting. But yeah, I wonder I wonder what how it would go if you went then and ran another 50K. Maybe that's for another show. <laughs> <laughs> Any <laughs> bits of advice? We have it coming up. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Can I get a P45 now, please? <laughs> Damage my quad. I've, I've <laughs> done, done. We have now decided to run the fourth running of Into the Darkness on the 1st and 2nd of October, mm. which aside from Rob Foster's, who apparently is doing it again to check his night speed. Yeah. <laughs> We will be supporting. What is your, Robert Jones, one best piece of advice to someone who's thinking to do it, maybe has been long before, maybe hasn't been long before? What's your advice for the person that has seen it, been inspired, seen the date, and thinks, I'm going to give it a crack? Think about how much food and hydration you'll need and double it. So my advice is definitely listen to the <laughs> No, because... <Tom? laughs> okay. I can explain it. Yeah, you I don't, think you should, mate. Yeah, you don't want to run out. The worst case would be you run out of water, you run out of fuel. So if you come with too much, you won't run out. Yeah. It's, mate, it's very true. On the weekend, we told people that were coming on the hike to take loads of water, and they drank all the water that I took. There you go. So, yeah, it's a little bit like that. Tom? I have two pieces. One is to be ready to let go of your expectations and yeah. just get into an ultra mindset. Yeah. 
which means just be happy, be comfortable with what you're doing, take your time, and just be the goal is to enjoy the process of finishing. Yes. The second one is get used to training without headphones because we will officially be banning any headphones for Into the Darkness 2020. Yes. What about ghetto blasters? <laughs> <laughs> They're can okay. I, can I run with one? On the back of your bike. One of those <laughs> iPhone <laughs> armbands. <Yeah>. Rickson. <laughs> Rickson's got a lot for sale. <laughs> Rob, advice for people? Uh, stay calm. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. Be Just like Tom said, but like just a nice calmness in your mind of what your objective is. And when you set off, to go to set off into the darkness yeah you know what you're there for yeah Bring what about lights. you what would uh, you say mate my mine is i actually had a conversation with a client this morning about it and it's the hardest thing but and it's similar to what tom said about expectations it's we constantly are programming people to set targets let's go to this speed that speed in this event you have to be aware but not have any you have to be aware, you, but you have to be able to realize that shit's going wrong mm. and change on the go a lot. I think that that's really the key because there are, like any ultra, there's going to be good parts, bad parts. It's going to be humid. It's going to be not humid. It's going to be people to run with. There's not going to be people to run with. But if you're too stressed out about, yeah, I need to be running at 5.30 pace, yeah. you're going to end up in big shit. Yeah. Something will go wrong. Something will go wrong. And it, it, I think it's massively proven because we're all in good shape till 35K. And the last 15K is where different things happen. Your stomach happened. It was hot. You know, yeah. you, everything starts to change. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I would say to people. Yes, we should be coaching people with some boundaries. But in a, an event like this, you have to really just feeling hot, slow down. Feeling good. Be happy that we're feeling good. <laughs> Enjoy that bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that was the sales part. There we have it. That was Into the Daylight 2020 50K bike, 50K run, 50K bike, starting 424. If you do want to get involved in Into the Darkness, send us an email, endurance at innerfight.com and tell us why. That actually should be a prerequisite for doing it. I actually just put it into my client's training page, but it should be. You should actually have to say why. But we look forward to that. 1st of October through to Friday, 2nd of October. Sub 7, Rob? Let's see. What about expectations and not having goals and one there? <laughs> <laughs> Different pros, mate. Second time round, mate. We're talking about the beginner. <laughs> you're, now, you're now a pro. Sub, sub 7. Two packs of gummy bears. Sub seven would be interesting, but again, it would be, be quick. 125 bikes, five yeah. minutes, four hours, right? Yeah. Doable. Four guns. Maybe we'll do another show. Yeah. Rob Foster sets the record for 50 50 50. Drop out. <laughs> Folks, thanks a lot for tuning in. Rob, Rob, and Tom, thank you for your time. Congratulations. We'll talk after the next one. <laughs>